What's up? My name is Felix, and I like to talk about US politics. Here we go. What's up, ladies and gents? How are we doing today? So last night, we had some interesting stuff going down. As you might have been aware, it was the uh, Nevada Democratic debate. Michael Bloomberg was there looking very, very short. Uh... There was a thing I saw, yeah. So everybody knows Mike Bloomberg. He's been getting a lot of shit for being small. Trump's been calling him Tiny Mike, ti- Little Mike, Little Mike. I call him Little Mike. You know, you know. The, he asked the, the the debates. He he asked for a box. He asked for a box. He's asking for a box. Why why should he get a box? Nobody else gets a box. Little Mike gets a box because Little Mike gets what he wants. So yeah, like you really saw a prelude in this debate. So um, it was Michael Bloomberg who had bought his way onto the debate stage. Absolutely scandalous. In this episode, I'm going to be talking more about Michael Bloomberg. But before any of that, we have to call a friend of the show who uh, wanted to get on the airwaves. And uh, he's a bit, he's somewhat of an expert in absolutely nothing. So we're going to get his opinion on this. Goes by the name of uh, Roadman M. Beanock, also known as Fully Shriveled, <coughs> the voice of the people. Um, See if he wants to pick up. It's always that tension associated when you're waiting for it to come in. See, it's not quite ringing yet. It's just contacting. You have the two different noises you can get on Facebook calls. So this is the one where they're trying to trying to tune you in. Oh, Roman's calling me back. Let's see if he picks up now. Hold on. Wagwan! 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 What are you saying, mate? You're live on Uber Radio. Oh, mate. It's not just me who's live on Uber Radio. No way. It's me and the missus live on Uber Radio. You and the missus. Oh, my word. How you doing, Holly? Yes. Hi, Felix. Guess who did a surprise visit last night? Oh, that is the cutest thing I've ever heard. Is that is that Holly? <laughs> I, got, I, got a lift. I got a lift from the football team. Is that Holly or was that your other girlfriend who gave you the surprise visit? Outrageous. Uh, both. Both are oh, lovely. They're not fucking like, don't embarrass Holly on live radio. Yeah? It's good that they've finally come to terms with it as well. It could be tricky at first. There's some teething yeah, problems. Yeah. They actually met. They actually met. They met? Did they know yeah, they were meeting yeah. each other? Or did you just like, oh, this is Holly, this is uh, blah, blah, blah? Well, it's the modern relationship, isn't it? <laughs> good point. Good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what's this? Um, two two uh, Uber radio appearances in two days. I hope I'm getting a paycheck at some point. Uh, yeah, we can pay you in stickers. Right? <laughs> I know the Ziggy <laughs> Bear wants some stickers. I'll take that. Take that. You will take that, mate. That's, you'll take that. You'll be happy with it. But, mate, I wanted to get your opinion, yeah? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What'd you say? Nuclear power? Not nuclear power. No, no, no. Uh, how's that going, by the way? Has has, has Greta responded to you yet? Uh, no, not yet. But you know, it's a work in progress. Do you want to tell the, Do you want to tell the listeners what 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 you're doing with uh, Greta Thunberg at the moment? Uh, well, well, if I'm telling that, then I have to uh, spread the good news of nuclear power. All right. Well, just real quick, yeah. You, you got you got 45 seconds to explain why nuclear power is going to save the world. <laughs> 
Well, essentially, um, you know, all these Extinction Rebellion and all these environmentalists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all, they're all fucking, they're all wiping their own asses. It's, it's useless. Um, what you need, solar panel and wind energy does not work, mainly because when you have an energy grid system, you need to be able to create energy when you want it and not when you when not when the wind decides to Not blow. when God wants it, right? Exactly, not yeah, when mate. God wants it. God's not reliable, it's, that's for it's sure. It's an age-long battle between human, the human race and the God race. Mm. We've been losing so recently, new. mate. Uh, but anyway, so this is why we need nuclear power. It's safe, it's cheap, it takes a long time to build. That's the bad thing, but like, whatever, you just need to think about the long term. Whatever. Fucking whatever. Uh, I'll be there when I get there. Because we have these five-year democratic cycles, it's, it's a big downside. Democ democracy, the democracy that we have is quite short. It thinks in the short term. Mm. And so does right-wing politics. Right-wing politics does improve the economy in the ne in the space of like three years. So like what Trump you're advocating doing, for, what you're advocating for like is, a, is, right an, is an authoritarian-style yeah, communist system. Yeah, you get crushed. Anyway, what were you, what was the, what were you going to ask me? The original question, mate, was uh, last night we had the Democratic <laughs> debate, the last one before oh, yeah. the Nevada caucus. Michael Bloomberg was there. And it was he? Uh, yeah, he was, mate. He got on a debate stage. He brought his way on. Oh, wow. Was he good? Mate, he got absolutely pummeled. He got Did fucking he? dragged. His, he was naked there, man, dragging his body through the glass. <laughs> Everyone's screaming at him, calling him a bastard billionaire. Every, like it was like it was like Bukaki man. Everyone was just ganging up on him, and like everybody put all their differences aside. It was like you know, in, you know, in fucking like uh, what's it? And like Lord of the Rings at the end, when like everybody just comes together to fight to fight. Uh, what's his face? What's what's Sauron. the Sauron? Yeah, yeah, everyone just comes together, man. Puts all the differences aside. It was just like that, and he had nothing think, to I say, think, man. I don't think Lord of the Rings. I don't think Lord of the Rings is the best. No, there was a better example I could have come up with there, innit? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking. Oh, mate, okay. okay. Anyway, so Bloomberg's in it. What, what do you want to ask me? I wanted to ask you what you and Holly think of Michael Bloomberg. <laughs> I can't hear you over his. What do you think? Of, what do you think of Bloomberg? Have you heard about American politics? Let's go. Let's go over to Holly live from the <laughs> radio show. Holly Barlow. <laughs> by the way, by the way, big congrats to Holly for getting two more, two more great results today. As did she fail? Law degree. <laughs> Did you got 68%. Imagine that. That's pretty good. Stop. All right. Um, I don't want to be on camera, but... Um... Well, there's, there's no oh, camera. Podcast like is just audio. That helped in any way, Felix. You don't like him? I love it. I love no, it. No, like, he paid his way in. It isn't right. What's wrong with that? He earned his money. And I also hate billionaires, <laughs> so... Well, <laughs> if you work hard, you probably, you probably started off minimum wage and just worked loads of hours. No, you shouldn't be able to... <laughs> uh, no, I don't... <laughs> He has so much money that he can, like, pay to change how people think, like, so much more than he wants. <coughs> please, please refrain from coughing on over radio, mate. Bit of respect. Yeah, please. I'm really, really ill, He's man. not even covering his what mouth. What do you mean? Like, how can you trust this man to, like, decide anything? You can't. Outrageous. You can't. That's the bottom line. But yeah, Holly, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Michael Bloomberg has no place in the American political discourse at the moment. And he was, uh, he was yeah. ousted yesterday. He was exposed. Little yeah, Mike, nice. little Mike was shown to be a little man, and that's the that's, that's <laughs> the end of it. But yeah, guys, isn't thank he a favorite? What'd uh, you say? Isn't he one of the favorites? Really? Yeah, I, I think he's 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 second in the polls now behind Bernie. His company. Mm -hmm. He's, he's second quite, in the polls. Quite a madness. 
But yeah, thank you very much for your contribution, guys. It's been a pleasure chatting to you. And, hey, uh, time, mate. I will, apologies uh, to any comments in the last one. Apologies to uh, to uh, Mr. Fayassi in particular. Yeah, nice one. <laughs> I was I was planning on I was planning on editing that out. So now like that's. So well, you now, can edit this out as well. Nah, <laughs> man, I can't edit both out. It's sort of fucking hell. That's that's just awful. All right, yeah, I'll catch you, you later, man. Keep this in, keep this in, edit the other stuff out. Oh, you know what? I'll just keep it all in. Let's just, you know, let's just. No, do no, that. no, 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 no. <laughs> Negative. No, no. Wrong. 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 Just like, just like Wrong. your opinions on on Riley, man. Fucking unbelievable. Yeah. Anyway, we'll yeah, save that for next good. week. Catch you later, man. Yeah. In a bit. So that was Roman, great friend of the show. As you can see, his analysis was uh, spot on, highly in-depth, and very thought out, which is what we like to have here on Uber Radio. Um, but yes, yeah, so the debate yesterday was really interesting because you had a situation where Mike Bloomberg had, hadn't done any of these debates before, had literally bought his way onto the stage by donating $300,000 directly to the Democratic Party, $800,000 to the state Democratic Parties, and then all of a sudden, oh, whoops, whoops. Oh, we're just going to we're just gonna change the rules here. Oh, we don't need uh, individual donors anymore because they used to have it. Where to get on the debate stage, you had to have a certain number of individual donors, which made sense because it shows that you actually have grassroots support and that people genuinely like you. Mike Bloomberg, of course, because he's a multi-multi-billionaire, didn't need any of that. And he's made a point of that throughout his campaign of being like, oh, I don't, I don't want any donations. I don't need your money. It's like... All right, man, but donations is how this works. That's how you show support. That's how also you hold yourself accountable to your supporters. But obviously, Mr. Billionaire doesn't care about all that. Um, so, yeah, they changed the regulations on it. So they took away the threshold for donations, which enabled Bloomberg to go on the debate stage. And if you don't, if, if you don't think it's a coincidence, or if you think it's a coincidence that all of that happened, that he donated all that money, and then... You know, he just magic. They just magically changed the rules in favor of him. Yeah, like that ain't no coincidence. So yeah, he was on the debate stage for the first time, um, and I was a bit annoyed when I first heard about this because I was like, ah, so corrupt, so whatever. This guy's buying legitimacy because he spent four hundred million dollars already, just blitzing ads throughout the whole country just like non-stop like in most states from what i've heard you cannot turn on the tv without seeing a mike bloomberg ad and that's why he's just the last poll that came out he's second he's behind bernie so he's just bought all of this legitimacy he's bought all of this support of people who are looking to support a centrist candidate and they've been you know they don't like pete because pete's pete they don't like biden because biden doesn't have a properly functioning brain a lot of uh, minority and working class people can't get behind Warren because she's so wonky and technocratic. As they look at Bloomberg with his flipping 5,000 ads in a row and they're like, oh, this guy, oh, Mr. Richman, Mr. Billionaire. And that's another thing as well. He speaks to this. This is something I noticed in Iowa as well is that there's this kind of a lot of virtue surrounding the idea of a billionaire. And I think that was what a lot of people loved about Trump and that we underestimated from a European context. Because we look at Trump, we're just like, oh, he's just a billionaire. In America, that means a lot more because the individualism is really strong. 
when somebody's a billionaire, that means in most people's minds, that person is very smart, that person has worked very, very hard, and that person is essentially just like a pseudo-god. You know, that is amazing. Whereas here, it's like, oh, that's just a rich guy. We have a better understanding of the fact of structural power and how money gets accumulated and how it gets inherited and all of this. Whereas in America, it's like, no, if you if you make a certain amount of money, that's your money. If you have that money, that is your money. Like, I spoke to so many people like young people, smart people, whatever, all ages, demographics, who genuinely supported a flat tax. Think about that for a sec. A flat tax. Like somebody making 500 million a year pays the same percentage tax as somebody making $20,000 a year. And the thing is, like, when you're in that mindset and you haven't really thought about these things too much and you're just like, oh, okay, that's fair, isn't it? 25% across the board, no matter how much you make, that is fair. And it's so hard to penetrate that and to convince them otherwise of like, no, some people should have to pay more because they have more money. And it's like, no, everyone pays the same. That is fairness. And from their viewpoint of individualism and owning your money and your money being rightfully yours, that opinion is legitimate. But yeah, so that's why Bloomberg has really shot up in the polls and a lot of people, I think are falsely believing that the way we can defeat Trump is to put another billionaire up against him. And then, you know, it'll be our, our billionaire versus their billionaire and our billionaire is more polite and, you know, whatever. And he would, he would just get... I think out of all the candidates, Bloomberg would get destroyed by far the most, especially after last night's performance, seeing that, my sweet Lord, did this guy get his fucking ass handed to him. It was spectacular. Like I was saying to Roman, all the candidates put all their shit aside, not interested in all of that. Let's just rail Bloomberg. And they really they really went in, you know, because he has such a terrible record. He he was a Republican for like 20 years. He endorsed George, George W. Bush in 2004 after the Iraq war. He was the main proponent of stop and frisk. Like he created that policy when he was the mayor of New York and the stop and frisk basically allowed New York police officers to discriminate based on race and to say like, okay, 90% of uh, murders and victims in New York are minority males or some percentage like that. So he saw that statistic and he was like, right, well that means obviously we just have to go to the minority communities and just police the fuck out of them because these are all the people who are doing the crimes. And then he had that policy for like five years. Obama and Biden, I mean, Biden was a part of this as well, so that was a good opportunity for him. They ruled it unconstitutional in 2013. And they were like, bro, this is straight like institutionalized racism. You can't do this. And he was like, but the 95% of people are, you know, black and Latino males committing the murders. And he's like, no, firstly, that doesn't matter. And secondly, like, it's a disaster of a policy. The results came in and it was 99.9% of people who were stopped were not committing a violent crime. 0.1% of these stop and frisk situations got a gun or got a knife. The other rest of the time, it was just putting people in jail for drugs or just terrorizing people. Like, that's the vast majority of it. Like, it's just people getting stopped, you know, being scared of police all the time, being put up against the wall. Like, let me search your pockets and they got nothing on them. And then, obviously, if you're in a white neighborhood, a nice place, you don't have to worry about that ever. 
and there's just as good a chance you're going to be walking around with a bag of weed in your pocket. So, yeah, absolutely disgusting racist policy, which he was so in favor of, and he made like a statement about that when he was mayor of New York. And he's only recently come out and been like, oh, no, actually, I don't, uh, that was a mistake, you know, whoopsie, whoopsie. Like, No, that's not, like, you don't get to do that and then come back and like five years later and be like oh oh no that was a bad that was a bad you don't care man you don't think it was bad if you thought it was bad you wouldn't have done it the only reason you're saying oh it was bad now is because you know oh i have to be politically expedient and i'm running for president and i'm never going to get elected if i'm supporting these blatantly racist policies because when you're a mayor especially you have a lot more kind of unilateral power Especially if, like, the local council supports you. You can do a lot of shit. Just whatever you want, pretty much. So Obama and Biden actually had to stop him. And Biden brought that up yesterday. He managed to, you know, keep his mind lucid for about a minute and a half. Long enough to really rail against Bloomberg. And the funny thing was that Bloomberg was just so bad at debating. He had no idea what he was doing. He wasn't even that good at speaking. And it was like... It felt like he hadn't been trained properly. And this is something they were saying on the Young Turks, uh, which is a great uh, new media progressive news outlet. They were saying like, yeah, it looked like he hadn't been trained. And there was this thing going around Twitter that was like, people think that he hadn't been trained properly because his staffers just didn't want to ask him the tough questions. Because when he was being asked these tough questions about stop and frisk and all of these sexual assault allegations which have come out against him, and within uh, Bloomberg, his company, the the huge uh, news company, there's been like recently 64 allegations against him and like high up staff members within which he failed to address. And he was asked about this. He was asked about stop and frisk. He was asked about his support for George Bush. He was asked about his support for this Republican senator in 2016, where he gave like a hundred and I don't know the exact amount to be fair, but it was like it was a large sum of money, like several tens of thousands of dollars or like just over a hundred thousand dollars and he gave it to this senate republican campaign and that one guy getting in he won by 1.5 percent so this money that bloomberg gave him probably tipped him over the edge and because that guy was elected to the senate it gave mitch mcconnell and the republicans a majority in the senate which meant when trump nominated brett kavanaugh in 2018 to the supreme court he was approved because there was a majority republican in the senate so if bloomberg hadn't done that we wouldn't have brett kavanaugh in the supreme court and that spot would still be empty because it would be 50 50 in the house right now and they wouldn't be able to get a majority so just think about that you know bloomberg is directly responsible for brett kavanaugh and he was asked about all these things amongst like so many other things he was really like scrutinized and he had no idea what to say. It looked like he was just like a kid being caught out, like stealing a juice box or something. He had no clue. And it was beautiful because it was like, that was what they were saying on Twitter as well. as like his staffers just didn't ask him these tough questions because he surrounded himself with yes men. And this is the thing, like when you have that much money, you don't, like people aren't going to tell you the hard truth. They're just going to give you compliments and suck your dick all the time that's what happens when you're that rich people are just like oh aren't you amazing aren't you wonderful please give me some money give me some money give me some money give me give me some money 
and he's you know he's just he's just trying to buy it but it was really beautiful to watch and see that you know this ain't gonna fly like i really think that after after yesterday it's like that was the great thing as well is that he tried so hard to get himself from the debate stage and he's obviously got such an inflated ego of like i can do anything i'm amazing i'm mike bloomberg and i have 65 billion dollars <laughs> vote for me and you know he was like i'll go on the debate stage and i'll i'll fuck him up yeah let's do it let's go and he gets up there and he gets railed and railed and railed again by everybody can't remember what Warren did, but she, let me see if I can get a clip up of that, but she absolutely owned him. So this is the NBC. <laughs> this is it. Yeah, this is amazing as well. So like, everybody's been calling him short and everything. And little Mike and little whatever. And I was like, how short is he? So I Googled it and it said five foot eight. And I was like, oh, that's not that short. I've got friends who are short. And that's, that's like, especially in America, average height I think is like five eight. No, no, five nine, five ten. So I was like, okay, I guess it's just like, you know, Trump saying, little Mike, little Mike, little Mike wants a box. And then everybody else kind of rinsing him for that. But then in the debate yesterday, he was standing next to Elizabeth Warren, who's actually five foot eight. And she looks way taller than him like a good couple inches so there was a theory that was like how much did mike bloomberg donate to google for this i was thinking like there's a there's a decent chance that he could have done that he's he's missed the buy it he's just throw cash at it but yeah let's check out this clip this is elizabeth warren attacks arrogant billionaire michael bloomberg i like to talk about who we're running against a billionaire who calls women fat broads and horse-faced lesbians. And no, I'm not talking about Donald Trump. I'm talking about Mayor Bloomberg. Ooh. Democrats are not going to win. If we have a nominee who has a history of hiding his tax returns, of harassing women, and of supporting racist policies like redlining and stop and frisk. Look, I'll support whoever the Democratic nominee is, but understand this. Democrats take a huge risk if we just substitute one arrogant billionaire for another. This country has worked for the rich for a long time and left everyone else in the dirt. It is time to have a president who will be on the side of working families and be willing to get out there and fight for them. That is why I am in this race, and that is how I will beat Donald Trump. Senator, we got a Damn, son. So there you can see in, uh, in excruciating detail. Michael Bloomberg's entire campaign unraveling right before his eyes. He looked like some fucking Sith villain about to be murdered. Just look, he was there with his hands like this, you know, like in the the vagina formation. One of those. Waiting to reply. He didn't even have, he didn't have anything to say after that. He was just like, yep. I said those horrible things. I am an arrogant millionaire. Yep, 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 yep. And that was the theme the whole night. He just didn't have anything to say. But Elizabeth Warren actually performed outstandingly well and you know she came in fourth place in was it fourth or fifth fourth in iowa fifth in maybe it was fifth i think i've been fourth in both 
Or sorry, I think it was third in Iowa, fourth in New Hampshire. Either way, third, fourth, fifth, a couple of those very, very bad performances from her. And I think she knew that her campaign was on her last legs. So all of her advisors were like, listen, this is it. Balls to the wall. We got to go for the Hail Mary pass. You need to rail Bloomberg all night. Attack Bernie a little bit. Just attack everybody. Go fully at it. And you've seen this before as well. Like, I think it was when uh, when Julian Castro, uh, earlier in the cycle, like back in September or October, when he started to realize that he didn't stand a chance and that he wasn't going to gain any traction. In the debates after that, he performed a lot better because he just didn't care anymore. And it was like... I guess it's a bit different with this because Warren has still a chance and there's pressure, but she really performed well under under that pressure. And uh, yeah, she's definitely given her campaign a bit of a spark again. And uh, this entire debate was scintillating just because they were all going after Bloomberg so much. And they were kind of, for the first time, exposing how different they were. Um, in terms of the other performances, Bernie was very strong, took a really good couple of really good shots against Bloomberg. Just again, said his message, said it well, didn't repeat himself too much, which I do think he he does sometimes. And I'd, uh, I I like it if it's more kind of him distinguishing himself from other people because that is his ultimate selling point. Um, Pete performed like nothing, just terrible, awful performance. Um, wasn't like it, it works better in his favor when he's actually getting attacked. And he can respond to things because he speaks in so many platitudes and nothingnesses that it's like if nobody's addressing his policies or engaging him to start with, he's just like saying stuff into nothing. There's another point they raised on TYT. They were like, yeah, you just got Pete there saying like, isn't isn't America beautiful? <laughs> it's like, okay, man. Anyway, <laughs> back to the serious people um, or serious people. The only one who's really serious is Bernie. Uh, Biden as well. Um, senile. Look confused. Sleepy grandpa at the dinner table after Christmas. Too much turkey. Having a little doze during Polar Express. That is the entire vibe I get from him. And I just cannot believe he's still running for president. Hopefully he crashes and burns. I don't think... I yeah, he does need to crash and burn. I was thinking about it then. like, Oh, it might be good if some of these centrists stay in. But really... In terms of the vote share right now, we need people to start dropping out so that when these um, later primaries, especially Super Tuesday, if somebody drops out before then, if two people drop out before then, that'd be amazing for Bernie because he needs to get high percentage shares of the total votes. And if there's six people running, it's really difficult to get above 30%. Whereas if there's three people running and you're the winner, you can easily hit 40%. But then we also get into the question of who hits the 15% threshold. So if say if there's six people running and four of them get like between 10 and 13%, then it gets shared out between the top two. So yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to see how that's going to play out, especially on Super Tuesday, which is massive. Oh my days, I'm so excited for Super Tuesday, man. You have no idea. Like that, people don't realize... But that is the real election. That is when we decide the future of American politics and world politics and climate change and all this shit. Everything is happening on March 3rd, Super Tuesday. Because if Bernie wins there, there's like a third of the total delegates are up for grabs. You've got Texas, California, Virginia, North Carolina, Massachusetts, Vermont, Arkansas, Alabama, 
New Mexico. Four others. I'm, I always forget the other four. Um, but yeah, just a silly amount of delegates are up for grabs. And if Bernie can sweep those states and bring them home and like win in 10 of those, then he's got the nomination. It's done. These other people will be flailing and flailing. The Democratic Party is going to go into panic mode and all the candidates, like they won't be able to unify behind one of them. They just won't. Biden is too shit. Buttigieg doesn't have enough minority support or wide support in general. Bloomberg is just an oligarch and he's clearly shown he can't debate and he's just not viable in in anyone's mind after last night's performance. And Warren, Warren ain't going to do it. Warren is actually still the danger candidate, especially after last night. It's still mad. It's still mad out here, guys. One minute you think it's done, you think like, oh my, like literally the last two weeks, it's been like, okay, Buttigieg is the guy now. Wait, Bloomberg's the guy. Now Warren might be the fucking person. <sighs> the way I see this, and I started to think about this when I was in Iowa, all of the candidates like represent a different kind of like establishment evil, which Bernie has to overcome. So you've got like Bloomberg, who's just straight oligarch, neoliberal Trump. And you've got Biden, who's like the old guard, Obama, just been in establishment politics kind of as a back player his entire career. <coughs> and you've got Elizabeth Warren, who's like kind of stealing Bernie's brand, but ultimately not going to change the system, not going to have a political revolution. She never uses that rhetoric. She will work within the system and get incremental change and nothing will actually systemically change in America. Apologies for the burp. Um, and then you've got Andrew Yang, who was kind of like this like libertarian, sort of left-wing, sort of conservative, like guy who was just basically promising a huge tax break, but with like a new brand on it, uh, who got people engaged, but like, yeah, it's, it's a weird, it's like the Joe Rogan and Jordan Peterson wing of young politics and I, I i do like andrew Young. he was very genuine and he did want to change things but i don't agree with his policies and i think sometimes what he was like in some ways there was this perception that a lot of yang supporters overlap with bernie supporters i think to an extent that's true but i think the majority of his base is people who just have never been interested in politics before who like the only reason they ever got into it was because they like yang and they like what he was saying so i think ultimately most of his supporters have come over to Bernie. So he's been all right. But um, yeah, it was kind of this more libertarian take on anti-establishment sentiment. Uh, and then you had, you know, Kamala Harris, who was like, you know, this, this minority woman who was still, you know, trying to position herself near Bernie in some ways. And like, I support Medicare for was like, no, you don't. You're still a part of the establishment. You still lock people up. You still, you know, enforce the three strikes, you're outlaw, which locks up non-violent criminals after they commit three felonies for life for life you get caught with like a big bag of weed three times you're in jail for life think about that she did that and then yeah and who else was there tom steyer clueless billionaire 
but yeah, there's all these different villains which Bernie has to face off against, and he's beating them one by one, one by one. And then, of course, you've got Buttigieg, who's basically white, gay Obama, and doing that, but doing it nowhere near as effectively because it does, like, with, with Buttigieg, I do see, like, if you look at what he's saying exactly, like the context is so different now because Bernie has just pushed the rhetoric so far to the left. But if I'm thinking about like exactly what Pete's saying and how he's saying it and his policies, he's so similar to Obama. But the difference is, is that Obama was just like intensely likable. He was so charismatic, whereas Pete is charismatic to some people in like a similar way that Obama was like incredibly eloquent wonderful speaker very you know handsome as well but pete has this pete's white you know and he has this smarmy look about him of like i'm better than you i went to harvard and i'm better than you you know obama's like just as elite as pete is but obama's mixed race and obama's like just that bit more likable and it really like when i look at pete and he make like i dislike him so much I realized that I would like, I would dislike, they're, like they're so similar in terms of their policies and who they actually are and who they represent and what they want to do to America. But nobody ever clocked it with Obama because he was black and because he was just, just really, really fucking likable. So yeah, I think when you look at it like that, it's very interesting to see Obama's legacy and the fact that he's actually just as much of a fraud as any of these other people. And the fact of like when somebody's that much of a fraud and they never get called up on it and it's not even like accepted in a way that pisses me off more because i'm like at least pete is hated at least like that's a known fact is that pete's a scumbag and he's a cheat and he's a liar nobody thinks that about obama the furthest you ever get in obama criticism is like i oh, didn't change enough he didn't do that. like no he's actually terrible terrible president he led to trump Everybody forgets about that. You kind of separate it like, oh, you know, what are you going to do? Trump came out of nowhere. No, he didn't. Trump came out of an intense disillusionment and disengagement of modern U.S. politics and establishment politics, which was directly preceded by Obama's presidency and his policies or lack of policies. So to say like, oh, they're just separate. No, like he actually, in many ways, I think he's more to blame for Trump than anybody else. So yeah, fuck Obama. Um, but yeah I completely forgot my train of thought there <laughs> I loved when I was in Iowa I loved telling people like you know how much I hate Obama and they're like what no Obama he, he, he was good he was he was okay and it's like no don't believe it man he's a liar <laughs> so yeah there's there's always an argument to be made there it's also like especially with Trump now like his approval rating is like very high i think it's near 70 percent. it's at least like 65 or something and like so much of that and why pete has had a lot of popularity as well is because people just miss that presentation and that style of like oh look at me i'm really polite and i'm gonna represent america in a polite way and say the nice things and aren't good things better than bad things and we need to be united and I like dogs and, and America is great and apple pie and and just, you know, it's, it's wonderful stuff. They want it to go back to that rather than Trump who's like, 
oh, we need to kill all the Mexicans. But yeah, ultimately, we're going to need substantive politics in the future. And that's where a young man called Bernard Sanders comes into it. But yeah, so I wanted to give my prediction for the Nevada caucus on Saturday, which is uh, very, very soon. That's in two days. It's going to be as uh, the guy from Breaking Bad, Tuco, I believe is his name, as he said. Um, yeah, because this is the third third state. Then we have South Carolina, then Super Tuesday, 3rd of March. I'll be hosting a watch party at my house. Anybody wants to swing by, drop on in. It's going to be lit. Um, but yeah, this is a big state, because South Carolina is like, the demographics there are very heavily black. So it's, with Bloomberg now putting so much money into it, it could be interesting to see what happens there. But Biden's had a steady, steady lead in South Carolina this whole time. Bernie's kind of been edging towards him over the last month or so. But um, South Carolina is interesting because if Biden doesn't win South Carolina, his campaign is basically done. If you don't win any of the first four contests, and he came in fifth, I think, in New Hampshire, which is atrocious you know but i think nevada what we're gonna see first place bernie by a decent amount i reckon like three percent and then we're gonna have biden i think biden will have focused a fair amount on nevada and then we're gonna have elizabeth warren close behind biden close I think her recent debate performance will bump her up. And then we're going to have Pete and Klobuchar. And the reason I say Pete and Klobuchar in last here is because the demographics of Nevada, Nevada, as they say it there, are like very he heavily black and Latino. As simple as. And they don't have any support in those demographics. They have nothing. Whereas Warren does have some. And I think a lot of the establishment um, supporting Democrats will now flip from Buttigieg and Warren, sorry, uh, Buttigieg and Klobuchar to Warren after last night's performance. I think maybe you might even have a situation where Warren beats Biden. I think uh, she really made a name for herself last night. But yeah, I'm about to now because I'm recording another podcast pretty soon. People might be wait, waiting outside. But yeah, I'll catch you guys later in a bit.